Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Highly Functional. This is Dr. Brianne Showman-Brown, and I am joined today by Roman Massey, health coach here in Tempe, Arizona. We get into a lot of different topics today, but topics that are important for every single one of you listening today in order to be highly functional individuals. And just a quick side note, we are recording this outside in a breezeway, so there is some background noise going on around us but I think you will enjoy the content nonetheless, regardless of the background noise. So let's jump in. Roman, thank you for joining me today. How are you? I'm great, how are you, Brianna? I'm amazing, had a great workout today. <laughs> All right, so we met up last weekend, had an amazing conversation. And I wanted to dive in with my audience about that because of where we went with things, um, just what you're doing, I think you can really help out my listeners. So one dive in first and foremost, you're a health coach. Yep. What exactly does a health coach do? I don't think I'm like a typical health coach (laughs) because before I got into this, all I knew about it was that it was like creating a lot of meal plans and setting macros and creating workout plans and stuff like that. And so I studied nutrition itself for a couple years. And at the end of it, I took a nutrition coaching course. And that was the point where I realized that all that knowledge really isn't that important because it's more about like, you gotta be a psychologist because you can like send out meal plans and and stuff like that all day long, but not everyone's gonna follow it. And there's so much, like the relationship with food is so complicated and our mindset behind things and like why we do things and the way we're brought up and the way we're conditioned. So as a health coach, it's really about helping people overcome any obstacles they have in their mind, whether that's that childhood conditioning or, uh, you know, beliefs or whatever, so. Awesome. So when we're talking, let's dive into that mindset side of things. Totally. When we're talking mindset, I mean, we're dealing with because I deal with it too with my athletes on both the fitness and nutrition side. How, like, we're breaking down a lot of different things. Is there a place that you start with people or is it just vary depending on the person? It totally varies. You just gotta really feel it out with the person. But most people have something conditioned in them from their childhood. And the really common ones are like, I work with a lot of people around like self-esteem and just being becoming friends with food again and so one of the big common ones is like you have to finish everything on your plate and that just shuts up your fullness signals and it gives your body all the wrong data so just stuff like that okay yeah awesome do you deal much with people with eating disorders at all or not too much there a little bit there's a fine line between like what I can work on and what I can't so I would say that I work on disordered eating, but not necessarily like full-blown eating disorders. Okay. Send them out to dietitians. Yeah. Cool. So when we're talking mindset, um, you know, I know I've learned we deal a lot with like these stories that we tell ourselves in our head is where we get a lot of our beliefs from, and it's uh, you know overcoming these stories that we have to have to really deal with so I know you have 
you've established some life coaching things uh, or some classes with all of this as well. And you've been pulling this into a lot of what you do. Um, when we're talking about breaking down beliefs and these thoughts that we have about ourselves, because this can come into the nutrition side of things. This can come into uh, pull this into the fitness realm. Like we all have these beliefs of can you know what we can do, what we can't do. Um, these habits. Where do we start? Um, just as like a human, we're dealing with these issues in our heads. Like where do we start to be able to overcome these things? You start by recognizing. Most people don't even know that they have these things built into them. They just have a problem with food or a problem with motivation or one of these things and they don't really know what the root cause is. So that's where the coaching comes in because coaching is basically just a series of powerful questions that allows you to dig deeper and find the reasons for things that you do. And once you find the reason, it becomes way easier to overcome it. Awesome. So, so when you're diving into that, like a lot of people think that's like someone else has to like and I know I had this belief when I started with my life coach that I'm like, he would ask me a question. I'm like, just tell me what I'm supposed to do. Like, just right. tell me the direction to go. <laughs> and it's not like you have to figure it out for yourself. Absolutely. <laughs> so what are some ways that you can, that you can help them figure it out or that in general, like what are, how do you go about it as far as helping people figure this out for themselves? Cause I know what strategies I've used and yeah. what my coach went through, but um, I kind of want to talk about these different strategies we can use for ourselves to, as we go throughout our day, like overcoming these things. Yeah, I think a big part of that is figuring out your why with like everything you do. Like if you want to lose weight or you want to hit a certain lift or want to start a new business, like you have to have such a really strong, powerful why. And once you start digging into the why you really want to do things, then a lot of stuff comes out of the works, and it usually leads naturally into, into deeper questions about your life and your upbringing and what led you here. And yeah, does that answer it well? That does answer it. Cool. Yes, the why is a definitely huge. Um, so along with that, I know you go. I know you do hypnotherapy. Yep. Um, you do it for a lot of different reasons. Uh huh. I know we've talked about you do some hypnotherapy for performance improvement, correct? I've done a teeny tiny bit. Okay. But it can be done for performance improvement. Let's Absolutely. go there. Absolutely. That's one of the biggest reasons why people do it. Yeah. Okay. Cool. So, someone struggling, and we can pull the life coach side into this too, but um, someone has this barrier that they can't overcome. It could be a belief. It could be just they're getting frustrated with themselves. They're getting in their head. Whether it's from the life coach side of things or whether it's from the hypnotherapy side of things, like how do we overcome these performance beliefs that we have? So the beliefs and the conditions and the habits we have, it's all subconscious. So I'm going to answer this in the context of hypnotherapy. Yeah. Yeah, so you're getting that? Yeah, so, so hypnotherapy is just an amazing way to gain access to your subconscious. So I like to see it as a tool that can accompany coaching because the coaching is very like high-level, logical, you know, conscious mind thinking. Whereas when you dive into the hypnotherapy, you can sort of get past that. And the subconscious is 90% of our thoughts and our actions. So 
that really is an area that more, more people should be focusing on. Yeah, and that's what hypnotherapy does. It basically shuts up your conscious mind to allow you to get into that subconscious mind. Okay. Because when your conscious mind is too active, it's always trying to figure things out and like filter things. But if you can quiet it down and get it to sort of step aside for a sec, you can get that unfiltered access to your subconscious and really make some quick progress. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. Do you find it difficult for some people to be hypnotized? Totally. Yeah, it depends on like your personality and like if you have anxiety and stuff like that. Like people who are really like logical minded A type personalities, especially entrepreneurs that I work with, that's like most of them, they're very in their head and it's really hard to get them out of that. Not that it's impossible, it just takes a little more finessing. Sometimes it takes a few sessions for them to really see a result. Whereas people who are more like creative minded, like artists or musicians and stuff like that, and people who are like more emotional and just more in their heart, you know, uh, they're way easier. <laughs> and so I find that people who are really good at meditation or do a lot of yoga, they're usually really easy. Even if they are that A-type personality, the meditation, that practice, it allows you to get out of your head really easily. So those people are. And I'm glad you went that direction because that was actually the direction I was going to go with the meditation oh, cool. side of things. Oh, yeah. Because um, I know for me how much of a benefit it's had, and I'm going to get into that a little bit here too, but with your people you with the people you work with, is meditation something you kind of start integrating pretty quickly? Is it something that takes time to get them to get to buy into? Yeah. No, 100%. And what's cool is that we're in a time right now where like meditation, yoga and stuff, it's really popular in our culture. So I usually don't even have to like warm people up to it. Usually they actually ask like if that's something they should do. And I'm like, well, yeah, like that was going to be my next suggestion. Yeah, I've, I've got a huge list of things I just throw up usually right out the gate. And that's usually like journaling, meditation, um, and then like drink more water. It's like pretty <laughs> basic water. things. If you don't do those three, three things, you're going to be healthier than 99% of everyone mentally and physically. That's awesome. So, yeah. What really makes me laugh about that is when I started with my coach like year, almost a year ago, I was like, I don't journal, I don't meditate, like, this uh-huh. is not me, and I do that every day. <laughs> oh, I used to think it's a bunch of sissy crap. Like, when, when I think of journaling, I like the word journal because I used to think of it as diary. Yeah. Like, I don't, I'm not going to write. I, I like, do that. I think my buddy said that once. He saw me writing in the notebook. He's like, what are you doing writing your diary? <laughs> that turned me off of it for years. Um, so, yeah, I think probably at some point, maybe still today, there was a bit of a stigma around that. Um, there's, like, so much crazy stigma stuff around, like, guys doing things yeah. and how certain things are feminine. But I, I think we're really a good cast, yeah. which is great. What's really cool is my coach, he, uh, he said someone asked him what it was. He had this notebook there with him, and someone had asked him what it was, and he's like, external hard drive. I was like, that is freaking awesome. Like, oh, I like, love how that. true is that? Because, like, because, you know, how many times do you write in there, and uh-huh. you don't ever go back to it? Same thing as your external hard drive. Like, it's there in case you actually need the data. Yeah. But very rarely do you go back to it. So, I've started actually referring to it as that. It's like, it's my external hard drive. Like, it's where I brain dump, and then continue off my life yeah so it's a good way if you are dealing with people you can call your their external hard drive and go on their day that's genius <laughs> I, yeah i work with a lot of techie people too so i think that'll resonate right? really well it's awesome it's awesome yeah. so i just read this the other day and it was pretty epic for me because 
kind of the past several months, I've really became a lot more creative with my thoughts, and I've developed like all these project ideas and started these project ideas, and I couldn't really figure out why. <laughs> and I read something recently, and it was like, when you have, when you're dealing with, when you're more attentive to your subconscious, like you're more, that's when you're more creative. Oh, totally. And so then it all of a sudden occurred to me, like, a lot of these ideas that I get, it's like, when I'm driving, it's when I'm working out. And so also yeah. I'm like, okay, so I'm meditating. I'm figuring out how to get to my subconscious brain. When I'm driving, I'm concentrating on that, not thinking about anything else. When I'm working out, I'm concentrating on that, not thinking about the other stuff. So, like, it's it all of a sudden made sense. I'm like, why, when I actually sit down to have my, my thinking time? Yeah. I can't think of ideas. Yeah, totally. <laughs> and I think of these ideas with everything else. So it's really cool. Like once you do start meditating, about how well you really do access that subconscious part of you when you don't even like attempt. Yeah, and all those things you just mentioned, like driving the car or working out, those are all basically states of hypnosis because those are times where your conscious mind is distracted and out of the way, and it allows your subconscious to surface, like you were saying. The other time you do that is when you're like just waking up or just falling asleep mm -hmm. it's another time when you're just like in that subconscious mode and yeah a lot of good creativity can come out of that yeah for sure. there's a lot of times i wake up with these ideas too yeah like i'll just wake up with the most random like creative thing I'm like cool let's do it you gotta keep the notebook and the gravity pen beside your bed at all times i do i do <laughs> <laughs> my trail hard drive next to my bed yeah. that's awesome i like how you put that as far as that like those situations are are pretty much like a hypnosis period um, because I'm kind of through some other information I'm going through I'm realizing like you can turn your entire life into this meditation point because you're just being aware of your surroundings and aware of how you're feeling and your senses and everything and so it's like it's almost really cool to meld these two ideas of like your entire like every moment of your life can be this meditation or hypnotic state if you just like increase your awareness of the, your situation. Absolutely. I mean, that's what I love so much about meditation and now hypnosis too, is that, yeah, you can, you can get better at them and train them. And that's why they call it meditation practice because it's ongoing. And then, yeah, you're right. It comes into every aspect of your life because you can create the state that you want at any time, which is so amazing. Yeah. Like how powerful is that, especially for like athletes or entrepreneurs? To be able to tap into a certain state, whether that's like productivity or relaxation or creativity, I love that. Yeah, and I think too, like I had this idea because um, we were talking last time. As far as when I was in Tampa and running on the beach, I kind of just got to like this whole mindfulness and being in the moment of what I felt at the time. Well, then I got to thinking earlier this week during a workout. I think it was after workout actually that. You can almost reverse that as far as like, rather than focusing on what you're feeling, you can almost reverse it into the, this is what I'm feeling, I'm gonna push it away. Yeah. And not feel that now, and almost get to like further past that red line of performance than what you were before because you can almost like, because you can have that thought and push it away. So it was, it was this really cool concept that I had. I'm like, I'm, like, how can we start integrating this into performance? athletes you know oh absolutely yeah we have this uh, this saying in coaching which is that's a thought and really just, it's all just thoughts yeah it's all just signals going to your brain and you can choose to ignore them which is so cool i noticed that with my own running 
if there was that Navy SEAL thing on YouTube that probably everyone who's listening has watched, if not, then just Google it. But yeah, he says that um, when your body's telling you to stop, you're only 30% of the way there. You've got so much left in the tank. Yeah. It's all mindset. Yeah. Yeah. It truly is. Like, you can definitely, I mean, obviously you get to a point that you're like, your muscles are just not going to stand you up any longer. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, there is so much that's just like, do you, like, can you not go any, like, literally can't go anymore, or uh-huh. is your mind just telling you that you can't? Yeah. And, and like you said, where, you know, it's it's just a thought, and these thoughts come and these thoughts go, and, like, yeah. where, like, you know, where do we get these from, and where do they go? <laughs> yeah, and I find that so freeing to just know that you get a thought or feeling, you can just, you just let it go. It yeah. It doesn't have to impact your day. It doesn't have to screw up your mind. You can just let it go. It's all good. <laughs> Totally, totally. I want to switch gears a little bit because what you just said kind of reminded me um, when you were saying let it go. Um, going back to the nutrition stuff a little bit. A lot of times we're dealing with people who have that, like they're doing really well, they have that day of doing horrible, and they have problems letting that go, and they go into this whole like guilt thing, and it puts them into this downward spiral. So. What are some things you do um, with your clients in order to kind of either break them out of that cycle or just avoid that cycle altogether? I encourage them to eat the things that they want to eat. There's this cool image, I'll send it to you. It's a food pyramid and at the very uh, top is like foods that you like eating sometimes and then lower is foods you like eating a lot of the time and then at the very bottom it's foods you like eating all the time. And I know that goes counter to a lot of the like the macros and that whole side of the fitness thing right now, but I really like to push being intuitive. And eating the things that you like to eat is a big part of that. And giving people permission, sometimes that's all they need to avoid that like binge eating. Because when you demonize a food or a set of foods, and then you like have a taste of the forbidden fruit, <laughs> <laughs> then like then they're just like, well, like whatever I'll just eat all of it then and then I'll just keep on doing this for the next day or two and then I'm gonna miss my workout and then I hate myself and all this stuff and like it's so sad but it's so true but yeah so I feel like just giving them permission to eat those things they want to eat and also to not limit themselves like to know that it's available whenever they want it that's a big thing too mm-hmm. because if, if you have it like like locked up in a way and it's like you can't eat it or you never bring it into your house you're gonna think about it all the time. Yeah. Like, don't think about an elephant. You're gonna think <laughs> about an elephant. <laughs> Truth. <laughs> so those are my biggest things for that. I think there's a lot to that. Um, both the intuitive eating as well as the like, don't totally restrict it. Yeah. Um, there's a. I haven't talked to her directly. A friend of mine has done some marketing for her, but she's a nutritionist in Utah. Who I think she's Utah. But it's all about intuitive eating and, cool. and that sort of thing. And, like, if you're hungry, eat. If you're not, don't. And just yeah. kind of, like, be aware of what you're eating but not really, like, force the things. And and I think there's there's a lot of good theories behind that because, especially if you're dealing with someone who has had some sort of disordered eating and, like, telling them they can't have things is going to put them in that downward spiral, then you definitely need to find other strategies in order to avoid that. Cool. And the other big thing too is just knowing that if you do go on like a crazy food binge to not to not get super upset with yourself. Yeah. Just accept that it happened 
and like enjoy that that moment happened, like appreciate it, and then just move on with your life and start eating healthy the next meal. Yeah. Like literally, I told you this, like two weeks ago, I had a bunch of friends over for a big s'mores party and I bought way too many graham crackers and marshmallows and the next day, I, that's all I ate all day. I don't even know what happened. It's like you black out and then all of a sudden all the marshmallows and all the graham crackers are gone and you're like, what have I just done? <laughs> but I just didn't let it get to me. I still went on a run that day and then the next morning I just ate well and yeah. you know, it's like nothing really happened. And to be honest, I really enjoyed eating nothing but s'mores all day. <laughs> and I'm not gonna hide that because like especially with what gets put out online. Like, we were talking about this last week. Like, I'm trying to just be, like, as authentic as possible. I feel like so much of the nutrition in this industry just isn't. Yeah. And just so that people know that, like, even the coaches and the nutritionists, like, they have these bad days. They enjoy themselves, too. You don't need to be perfect. Yeah, exactly. It's really funny because we had that conversation Saturday, and literally, I, like, I never, I shouldn't say never, rarely want chocolate. Like, it's just not something I really want. I was literally at the grocery store doing my grocery shopping. I'm like, I feel like having chocolate. <laughs> and like, I, and it was the same thing. Like that night, I'm like, I ate the entire chocolate bar, and I'm like, all right, we're good. And Sunday, we're back to like, let's eat normal again. Yeah, effortless. But you just have to. You have to let yourself have that, and yeah, just not feel guilty about it, and get back to your thing the next day. Totally goes back to mindset. Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. Plus, there's something to be said for having those days, too. Um, from a nutrition standpoint, um, you know, as far as resetting the metabolism and getting everything kind of re-kickstarted again. So yeah. if you are actually working on losing weight, uh, actually having those days can be a good thing at good thing at times. Totally. And for the mind and your mental. Yeah. It keeps you happy. Oh, yeah. Like, no one's happy when they're just constantly dieting all the time and being super strict. Like, having that chocolate bar is going to make it easier for you to stick to your plan if that's what you're doing. Yeah. Definitely. Okay, so I know you primarily work with a lot of entrepreneurs, but mindset and how we deal with things, you know, plays into all types of performance, whether it's business performance or athletic performance. Exactly. Business is a sport. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. For sure. For sure. So, um, kind of wanted to get into, we talked about beliefs a little bit. I want to talk more about, like, getting in, when we get into our heads, like, Kind of like we were talking a little bit ago, um, being able to push that red line a little bit more. Um, it's so easy to be like halfway through, maybe a half marathon, and all of a sudden it's like, I'm tired. Like, I don't know if I can move my feet anymore. Do I need, like, I want to walk or should I run? Um, you know, we push through hard workouts or we don't push through hard workouts. What are some strategies either you use personally or you help with your clients to work through? in order to like continue pushing when they don't think they can anymore. That's definitely when the why comes into play. So like for me personally, when I'm running, when when those thoughts come up, like, oh, can I, can I get my feet right now? <laughs> or like, my shoes too tight? Oh, should I, should I pull over and like, you know, <laughs> like relace my shoes? And like, what a cop out excuse <laughs> that would be. But when those things come up, I just go back to my why. And so for me personally with running, my why is so that I can be the healthiest person I can be for myself and my business and my clients so I can show up great for them so that I can be healthy for my current family and for my future family, which is my future children. I want to be a great influence for everyone in my life. And so I literally think of that when I'm running, when it gets tough. And then it just, everything else just dissipates. 
that makes it so easy. Awesome. I like it. I like it. Uh, and yeah, that comes back. Um, yeah, that's important when you think of it. It comes back to the business side too, as far as like, why are you in business and figuring out what your why is. Yeah. And, and I think sometimes, you know, your why can be a number of things and it can be like, I kind of, for me, I have, it's really weird. I call it my small why, my big why. <laughs> Um, not that either of them are, not that my small one's unimportant, but it's like, it's kind of almost like my mini goal of why I do what I do every day, and then my big goal of like why I'm doing it for the future generations type thing is kind yeah, of totally. how I view it. So um, that's my business side of things, but. Um, I'm kind of like that too, because like I've got the goal of like doing a 5K, and I know your audience who's all runners and stuff, they're all like, oh, my grandma does 5Ks <laughs> every day, but like, <laughs> but that's like my small goal, and my big goal is like the family thing, like I said. Yeah, definitely, yeah. definitely. And if, like, if my why was, like, oh, I, I, I just want to, like, run a marathon, because it'd be, like, that'd be, like, really cool, like, I'd get a lot of likes on Insta, like, yeah, that's not, that's not going to point weight. No. So it's really got to be meaningful, it's really got to hit your heart, be emotional. Yeah, and that's the huge one, you just nailed it right there, is the emotion side of things. Yeah. Because um, what is it, emotions are 8% of our decisions, logic is 20%, <laughs> something like that. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and that's like the big part about coaching too is that especially with the entrepreneurs and the, you know, the Brady, the, the, uh, the A-type is getting them out of their head and getting them into their emotions because a lot of the times they'll come with the goal of like, oh, I want to make like X amount of dollars and then the question has to be like, okay, what is that going to do for you? Yeah. Okay, and then they might be like, oh, I can get like the cars and the house. I'm like, okay, how will that all feel? How will it feel standing in that house? Or how will it feel to be able to help your mom retire? Like, try to get into those emotions because that's what matters. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that's, you know, for me, that's why I had to figure out, like, what is my bigger why? Because I know yeah. what I do every day and why I love working with athletes. But I kind of got to the point, like, I had difficulty selling myself because I'm like, I didn't have that why of why I want to make more money than just paying bills. <laughs> yeah, people can feel that when you work with them. Yeah. yeah. So it's like once I had that bigger why, I'm like, okay, I'm so much more motivated now because I'm like, I know why I want to do other things. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think that's one of the reasons why we get along so well and why I was like attracted to hanging out with you and talking to you is because that you put off that that thing. You, you just have a purpose. Like you're not just doing this for fun or to make money. Like you're in it to really help people. And that you just feel that energy from people. Oh, yeah. Yeah. 100% for sure. Awesome. Okay. I know we've been kind of all over the place going back and forth. Um, it's kind of been fun. <laughs> <laughs> Going to go back to nutrition side of things a little bit and dive in a little bit more to digestion. Uh, I know you have some good information on our digestive health in general. And so I kind of wanted you to dive into some of this information that you have um, picked up with your training. Yeah, totally. Digestive health is huge because we want to be able to absorb the nutrients that we're eating and we also want to not have any issues with our digestion. I know way too many young people who have issues with like heartburn or like bloating and stuff like that. And like that's crazy that we're in this age where like 20 year olds and 30 year olds are having these acute digestive issues that used to be something for old people. Like what have we done with our society that it's gotten to that? Right? So uh, one of the big things, one of the big issues with our digestive systems is that 
we tell a lot of these signals to shut up at a very early age, and I mean like baby age. And it, it goes to the point where like, some, some people don't like when I say this, but babies aren't actually supposed to burp up everything you feed them. They're not supposed to puke as often as they do. Like a little bit's okay, you know, like sometimes they huff that milk back too fast and you know, <laughs> stuff happens, but, but for the most part, with, when you're feeding a baby food, they're not supposed to burp it up. That's actually their body's signal of saying, I don't want this. This isn't good for us. And it's crazy how many little kids I see at places like McDonald's. Because when you're feeding a kid McDonald's or something processed at age two, three, four, you're telling those signals to shut up at such an early age. And what happens is they might burp it up or puke it up the first couple of times, but eventually the body goes, it's not even worth trying anymore. And it just stops. As a baby. And so then we carry those lack of signals into our 20s and 30s. And this is where the intuitive bit of what I do comes in to play really strongly. Is that we naturally know how to eat best for our bodies. We naturally know how to eat the healthiest way. But we've lost that through marketing, through our modern society, through the processed food, all the fast food and stuff like that. And so it's really important to wake up those signals because it makes things so much easier. And not that I'm completely anti-macros and, and tracking and stuff like that, but if you have a, a baseline to work with that's really intuitive and natural, then it isn't hard to stick to these macro plans. Because for most people, eating like a whole food diet and following these macro plans is such a far fetch from what they're currently eating and what they're accustomed to. So awakening those signals makes everything easier. And another big part of that is hunger and fullness signals. Most people have no idea. And there's another thing that we're conditioned to do. We're conditioned to eat lunch at noon, right? When the bell rings or whatever. Yeah, true. <laughs> and, and so people eat at that time whether or not they're hungry. Or like breakfast, for example. I heard that you were, you were mentioning something about intermittent fasting sometimes, so I'm, I'm sure that a lot of your audience is privy to this, but like, you don't have to eat breakfast. Like, some people just don't feel like eating breakfast. Like, personally, I'm not hungry most mornings, and so I just don't eat. Yeah. Everyone goes, well, that's the most important meal of the day. Well, maybe sometimes, yeah. maybe if you're hungry, but <laughs> not. And so I don't eat till noon most days, and that's when I start to feel the hunger kick in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and definitely, um, like for me, I wake up hungry and I really always have, but I know a lot of people that don't and don't eat until noon and function just well, Yeah, just fine. Um, The other thing I want to throw out there with that whole concept of hunger is we live in a society where people aren't drinking enough water. Oh, for sure. So a lot of our hunger signals are actually thirst. Like, yes. if we put water in us, those signals go away. Wow, did you read my intuitive eating article? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> yeah, you're absolutely right. And that's one of the tricks that I give a lot of people is that when they're having trouble listening to those hunger signals and trying to figure out if it's a craving or real hunger, I always tell them to just drink that big glass of water, wait 15 minutes. If it was a craving or if it was maybe dehydration masking his hunger, then you just won't be hungry anymore and then you're good. Yeah. Well, that's even, you know, even that, I use that a lot for people for just hydration as well for, you know, when I'm telling them, like, you have to drink 100 ounces a day, like, that's your half yeah. your body weight, like, 
and you want to exercise, you have to at least get 100 ounces. And it sounds like this huge number to them. I'm like, drink 16 ounces out of bed in the morning, drink 8 ounces before every meal. Yeah. And, you know, just that 8 ounces for every meal is going to calm down. If it's not true hunger, it's going to calm that down. If it is yeah. true hunger, cool, you're still hungry. But guess what? You're not going to eat as much. Oh, yeah, <laughs> totally. No, I love all the tricks that get more water into your day. One of the things I do, which helps a lot with just eating more mindfully and eating slower, too, mm-hmm. which helps with the digestion, yeah. is to put your fork down between each bite and take a sip of water. Okay. That's like a double duty trick. You know, slow down your eating and drink more water. I like that. I like that idea. The other thing I wanted to bring up, too, when you were talking about the digestive health and the processed foods and cravings is this whole thing that it can be hard to get off those processed foods because sugar thrives on sugar. So if we have that sugar, we're naturally going to, our body is naturally going to crave it. And one thing also to note is if you work on clearing that out of your system, you have withdrawal symptoms. Like, that's totally normal. And a lot of people don't totally understand that they you're gonna have withdrawal symptoms if you are full of sugars and you're weaning off of those yeah yeah and i have a great trick for that it's what we call add in to crowd out so when i'm working with people i never tell them to cut out anything sometimes they do with their own free will but i'll never really recommend it it's better to add in healthy things because that's gonna replace something bad Mm -hmm. you can only eat so much in a day yeah so if you eat like a watermelon then it's going to take the place of something else that maybe you shouldn't have been eating later in the day. And I find that that's a great way to also like curb all those, uh, like the withdrawals and the cravings because then you're not really limiting yourself. You're actually probably eating more because when you switch from these like dense processed foods to like whole foods, like plants and fruits and veggies and stuff, they're so filling. And what's cool is you can eat as much of them as you want. Right? Yeah, it's crazy. And I, that's exactly the way I work with my people, too, is, like, before I even talk about eliminating things, it's like, let's just add in another half cup of veggies in your meal. Heck Naturally, yeah. you add that in, something's going to have to give. Yeah. Or you're just going to be overly full. <laughs> yeah. You know? So, yeah, it's this whole adding something healthy, and eventually that bad stuff will most likely fall off on its own. Exactly. Yeah. Alright, I want to finish up a little more potentially controversial topic. Um, CBD is huge in um, media right now. I've heard. <laughs> um, and there's a, lot of, there's a lot of mixed information out there. There's a lot of um, just misnomers, unknown information because it's, it's linked to marijuana. But this whole, like, if it's pure CBD for the purpose of health there's absolutely no thc in this um with that said you can buy some bad products and they do have stuff still in it so there is a lot of that you have to be aware of but i kind of wanted to talk about the health side of cbd and why it can be beneficial for um, a number of reasons so um it's kind of one to hear and i'll give my side of it as well since i know um i may know a little bit more so on that but what are you familiar with cbd as far as um what have you heard? What are you um, a proponent for? That sort of thing. Yeah, so I'm definitely on the more skeptical side of the whole marijuana CBD thing. With that said, I've heard a lot of amazing things from people, especially in the area of like stress reduction, pain reduction, anxiety, and stuff like that. 
and we're in a chronically stressed society. I was gonna say that it's so crucial for entrepreneurs to decrease, but really, it's everyone. Oh yeah. It doesn't matter what you're doing. Everyone is stressed in North America, probably the world. <laughs> so anytime a new tool comes out that's able to combat that stress, I'm totally into. Where I get a little bit skeptical is that I always try to do things in the most natural way possible, and CBD is incredibly natural. So what I'm really referring to there is that like, if I can get the same benefit from, say, meditating, then I'd rather meditate. Mm. Because you're not even putting anything in your body, and how cool is that? Yeah. But with that said, those things can only take you so far. And then if we're talking, like, actually, like, diagnosed anxiety or diagnosed depression and stuff like that, sometimes meditating isn't, it's just not quite enough. So I think there's a lot of great applications for it. It's not an area that I'm super knowledgeable about, though. Yeah, for sure. for sure, for sure. Um, yeah, and I totally agree with you on the natural side of things. You know, I'm, I avoid taking medications as much as possible, supplements um, as needed, you know, vitamin mineralized. But um, one thing that's with CBD is in the early 90s, um, they discovered this whole endocannabinoid system in our body. And the only thing that works on that is CBD, which we can only get through supplementation. And because of where the receptors are in our bodies, uh, it does, CBD can do so many amazing things medicinally. Um, with that said, not totally FDA approved, so there's a lot of controversy there, um, but there's also a lot of research um, by unbiased sources that have shown success as far as pain control, um, PTSD, epilepsy, um, and seizures in children. Um, like, you name it medically, there's been a lot of research to back it. Yeah. Um, even, like, helping with sleep and helping with um, decreasing inflammation in the body. So, for me personally, I use it for helping me sleep better and um, indirectly then started noticing it was re- I was recovering from workouts faster. That's epic, yeah. Um, I've had people post-surgical on it, got off pain medication within a couple days. And so, there's some pretty cool things that CBD can address that... Um, can actually get people off their medications. Yeah, I love that about it. And like we were talking about before, I don't really have anything crazy acute. So like, I feel like if I were to take it, then I would, I might not notice a really obvious difference. With that said, I am super open to experimenting with it because anytime that there's something that can like boost my productivity and decrease my anxiety and my stress, like I'm all about. And it is something I need to research more because it's coming up way more with my clients. One of the things I want to touch on regarding my point before of like I'd rather uh, do something more natural like meditating before I try CBD is that there's also the flip side to that where sometimes you need something to break your pattern. Mm-hmm. And I think CBD can be a great thing for that because sometimes people are so in their head and so stressed out that they can't even think about sitting down to meditate. That stresses them out. So if there's a supplement that can sort of get you out of that headspace and into a place where you can start working on the underlying things, then I think that's great. And so I I think that's a good thing too. And you're obviously working on yourself from a million different angles. You've got like 17 coaches and and all this stuff. But um, I think that it's it's gotta be accompanied with uh, with other things, right? Like if if you're taking CBD, I would also suggest to working meditation into that and working on your mind too because what if you don't have your CBD for the day? Yeah, for sure. There's things like that. So 
I see it as another another mechanism. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Awesome. Well, Roman, thank you so much for joining me. Um, just before we end, if someone wants to has more questions for you specifically, how can they find you? They can find me on pretty much every social media at Roman Massey or at my website, RomanMassey.com. All my links are there. Awesome. And you have a new Facebook group recently. I do. And it's called Healthy Habits for Entrepreneurs. And we're going to be helping entrepreneurs reach peak performance. And it's going to be a great way to network with other like-minded individuals. Awesome. I like it. Well, thank you again for joining me. It's a pleasure having you on. Thank you so much for having me, Brian. It's been a pleasure. And that concludes this episode of Highly Functional. I truly appreciate the time you spend to listen to myself and my colleagues share with you how to become highly functional individuals and how to be highly functional individuals. If you learned great information from this, I would love for you to share it with your friends and help them become highly functioning individuals as well. Until next time, go out and be highly functional.